You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, hour two, and we are getting ready for the big Pro Bowl. I'm just joking <laughs> with you guys. Again, we gave out a bet. It's the over last segment. By no means am I going to tell you to take out a kidney and, and bet it. But I'm telling you that I think there is a little bit of value on the over. I gave you the numbers. Let me give you just a few more numbers just in case you're looking to bet today. Underdogs, which means, you know, motivation is questionable for both sides. So, what makes one team more than an underdog than another? Usually these spreads are real tight. So I guess check this out. Underdogs since 2014 are 12-4 against the spread. They cover by 4.8 points. So underdogs are winning or, or covering most of the time. Not only do they cover, but in the past 15 Pro Bowls, the underdog has won nine times outright. So they don't even need the points. If you've been betting $100 since that 15 and those 15 Pro Bowls just on the underdog, you'd be up at least $711. Oof. So it's seven to one on your money just betting underdogs to win in the Pro Bowl. I gave you the numbers on the over, and I told you that the line has gone under five of the last six years. I just believe it's over this year with the new rules. Yeah, and so if you did want to bet the underdog today, that would be the NFC. It's kind of interesting. The NFC opened as a one point favorite, and now they're a one and a half point dog. So, but I guess. It's probably changed based on who's going to play and how much, that kind of thing. So that would be the play, would be to take the NFC plus the points if you want to go along with that trend. I guess I guess we need to just a little bit touch on you know the Chiefs and the 49ers in, in last week's games. Boy, I was I was really disappointed with with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I I, I feel like the Packers were the weakest team out of the four, and it wasn't really that close. But I at least expected you know Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers and that just that didn't happen that just tells you how good the 49ers defense is and I mean going forward I I don't know I mean I feel like that might have been Rodgers one of his last shots to you know to get back to a a Super Bowl and you know make his you know legacy complete by getting back to another Super Bowl and going into next year I think Devontae Adams he's a great player I I really believe he is but they got to get somebody else you know he's the only thing they have to throw to Aaron Jones is good but they got to get some other receivers, but I'm already kind of looking ahead to next year for fantasy, and I still think Devontae Adams is going to be you know, a top three receiver just because who else is there? His volume. Yes. But you see they've tried to get that other piece. They've had the Geronimo Allison and, and what was it, Lazard or Laser? Yeah, Lazard and the corpse of Jimmy Graham. You know, they've had pieces that they try to get for him, but again, and we can't blame it on the offensive scheme because they had LaFleur this year. Yeah. What is it at this point? The team that whenever they made the playoffs, everyone knew that they had gotten lucky and everyone yep. knew that the Saints were the ones that's supposed to have that by everyone. But again, it didn't play out that way. You knew that they were going to be suspect to getting beat. The only reason that people didn't bet all the way against them is like, because everyone believed, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers on that right. side. And anything can happen. But he needs other pieces. Jones, though, next year going forward, I mean, where does he get drafted in fantasy football? Man, he's, I mean, he finished, what did he have, like 16 or 17 touchdowns this year? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, he's got to be a, you know, first, second round pick. I'm, I'm just kind of worried, is he going to get all the workload again next year? That's what you worry about with Aaron Jones. But I don't know. It, it was a pretty obvious matchup, I think, 
as we look at the 49ers-Packers game in hindsight, we knew the Packers struggled to stop the run all year, right? And we knew Shanahan and the 49ers run the ball as well as anybody in the NFL. And Raheem Mostert just went bananas. To think that six teams have passed up on that guy. I was reading a little yeah. bit about him. And all of a sudden, it's all about system. And it goes to show you that running backs can be found yes. if you find them the right system. And it it's crazy. I never really, really thought about I thought that running back was such a – it was a running league, you know. And, and, and not that anymore. Now it's a passing league. But growing up, it was a lot of running, you know what I mean? And, and I always thought, man, these running backs, they're going to be hard to replace. It's hard to replace a big guy like that. But it's really not. These guys, there's running backs out there that if you can get them to fit into your system, they be, can become this. And if it's not him, it, they got a three-headed monster in that backfield. It's So it goes to show you it's not only Mostert. It's that system. It's the system. Even Brittle Breida, when yeah. he gets in, even Coleman. And you see that Shanahan's brought in old pieces that he knows. And he's they try to bring in McKinnon at one point yeah. back in the day. So. It just a lot of pieces that the 49ers have. And going back to last week and, and something that will play into this Super Bowl, the ability to create pressure without bringing extra men. Yes. And that's just that's the whole game. That they can get to you, but then they can drop people back. And if they can get to Mahomes consistently, then that's going to be where, they, where the game's going to be dictated. If you, I heard that the defensive coordinator from the 49ers said that when he looked at the film from the Kansas City Chiefs, it looked like a bunch of track stars running yeah. across the field. Well, how do you limit those track stars from getting their speed going and beating you by getting to the quarterback quicker, making them get rid of the ball quicker? And that's what the key of the game is. If if Mahomes can sit back and get a little bit of time for those routes to develop, then that's going to be a different game. If that blitz, if the, not blitz, that rush is coming without blitzing and they're dropping men back, then it's going to be trouble. But... That's what everyone's going to be saying this week, and it's so easy. That's a tired narrative because what happened to Tennessee? Tennessee was only rushing three or four at times and dropping everyone into a zone, and he was picking them apart. And taking off and using his legs. And that's what he's going to have to do against the 49ers. Whenever they bring those blitzes from the outsides, he's going to have to know when to step in and get his yards and make them respect him as the middle linebackers or the linebackers in general are going to have to follow Kelsey. So there's going to yeah. be gaps. So wherever the gaps that he knows that the linebackers are going to be following his tight end, that's the opposite way he's going to run. His legs are going to play big. You got San Francisco, a predominantly uh, zone defense. So, again, uh, you hear a lot of these guys describe these games, and I was listening to podcasts, turn it off right away. Like, what are you talking about? Some guy said, man, well, what do you think they're going to try to take away? Uh, what are we talking about? We're not talking about the Patriots. The Patriots are a team that, that switched week in, week out. Like, all right, this team, we know what they do. The 49ers aren't that team. That's a scheme that they play. They play a certain scheme, and they let it ride. They cover three like a Pete Carroll defense. That's what they do. So at this point, what got them there? What what have they been uh, what have they been so strong at? Why would they change in the Super Bowl? So people all of a sudden got this narrative that they're going to change and they're going to where the, where are they going to try to take out your best player? No, they're going to play what they know how to play. We're going to create pressure, not bring in extra men, and we trust our defensive backs to be able to hold you for the first two or three seconds, and 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 we're going to get there. Yeah, and I mean Richard Sherman doesn't even travel; he just plays on the same side. So I mean, you're right; they they do it the same. It's a system for them. But, yeah, it's going to be about how the pass rush gets there. And we bring up Mahomes using his legs a little bit. I'd be curious what his rushing total is, the prop bet for this Super Bowl. Um, that's something that, you know, we're going to do a lot of prop bets next week. But as we're sitting here talking about this, that's an interesting number. I think Jerry will try and look it up here. But I'm excited for this one because 
look, the Chiefs are a fun team to watch. They, they, they just are. It's fun to watch them air the ball out. And, you know, the 49ers, man, Shanahan is so good. You know, you talked about using, you know, running backs that aren't elite or guys you don't know. It started with his dad, you know, Terrell Davis. You know, he was a, a mid-round pick that they turned Clinton into a Portis. star. Yeah, Clinton, you know. Wow, I forgot about Clinton. I forgot about Clinton. And remember, they traded Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey. That just to the Redskins. just shows you once again that they value a corner more than they value a running back. And, and Shanahan, I mean, he was great here with the Texans. And when he was with the Falcons, they went to the Super Bowl. It is interesting, though, if – Remember, one of the big criticisms of the Falcons losing that Super Bowl with the big lead was that they weren't running the ball in the second half, and that was Shanahan. And they didn't run it when they were in field goal range. Yeah. Took the sack that knocked them out that could open that lead right. up more. So you got to think that you know if they get up, Shanahan had to learn a big lesson from that game, and they just need to keep pounding the rock. Did y'all see the prop bet that uh, said um, the what the odds are of Kyle Shanahan blowing another twenty five point lead? <laughs> I saw I that like plus three thousand. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it should be winning a million. You yeah. know that that's a tough tough uh, prop to hit. But like you said, that total it's been getting hammered. I'm talking about it's already fifty four and a half, fifty five. It's moved yeah. up four points and. This will go down as an historical bet as far as the percentage-wise if it ends like this. No one's hitting that under. They said it took, I think, two and a half days before the first under ticket came in. <laughs> One under ticket. So it's kind of scary. And like I said, we'll have a, so many more numbers. But I started breaking down tendencies or let's say how these teams play. How many times do the San Francisco 49ers get in the red zone on average this year, and I found 2.1 to 2.0 of the Kansas City Chiefs. So then how many times do they convert that to touchdowns? And they average of uh, 1.8 touchdowns per game inside the red zone. So once you start breaking it down like that, it led me to both teams. And uh, I broke down the defenses as well as far as what they give up. And it, it led me to both teams. You can paint them in for two touchdowns for sure. Those 28, not for sure, nothing's for sure, but I'm saying from what the numbers painted me to 28, say one team overexceeds projections, so say put them at 35 in the game just in touchdown. So then I wanted to go to special teams and how many t- uh, field goals do these teams average on or, or average per game? The San Francisco averaged the top field goals per game this season at 2.4. So I said, let's say that they overexceed. So let's put them down for nine. Now we got 44 points. So how are we getting that other 10? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when handicapping, that's how you handicap it. You have to think, okay, where do we go from this? Who's going to overexceed projections? Who who's going to overexceed what they've uh, done this season? The numbers, and then it comes to what you said. You can throw all those numbers in there, but this game—it's the big game. That ball weighs heavy, and you have uh, two first-time starters in the Super Bowl. So how how quick do the coaches gain trust in them? How, how fast does that trust go to where you're saying, let's go? Or do they let him rip her off the top? I don't see – I can't see 49ers letting Garoppolo just rip it off the top. I think they're going to see where the game's at. If it, if they don't get the ball first, Kansas City punts, they're going to try to – they're going to play their game. They're going to play their game as much as they can, and that's going to be keeping Mahomes off the field. It is. I, I got to think the 49ers are going to run a ton of play action. Why wouldn't you? You know, from what we know from Shanahan when he was with Houston, you know, many years ago – you know, the, the early part of those games, him and Gary would run a lot of play action, a little bit of running, but they'd like to throw the ball early. And if that is your, you know, your tendency to, to be a running team, it would make sense that you'd come out and throw the ball kind of to, you know, to take them off guard. So it'll be interesting to see how they start. And the other thing is, 
the Chiefs have been falling behind in the, these last couple playoff games, right? And they've been able to come back because they're so explosive on offense. But if that happens again, will they have enough firepower to come back on the 49ers? Not on this team. Not, and that's where the thing is. Now, we always spoke about the the splits for the Chiefs at home in a way. Right. And we've seen that play out. Do we, do they play a different to a different tune when they're Bimbenito at Miami with Will Smith? And there's <laughs> another prop on that. How long does it go till you hear a Will Smith song? It's going to be in the first half or in the second half uh, till you hear Bimbenito uh, to Miami. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Miami. I'm sorry. I'm over here saying the Spanish version of it. People are like, what is he talking about? Pitbull is a lock. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, Pitbull will make a Super Bowl appearance. You can already guarantee it. Definitely. Definitely. And another thing you can guarantee is that Mahomes, when the Sunday Super Bowl kicks off, he'll be 24 years old, 130 days young. He'll be the fifth youngest starting quarterback in Super Bowl history. He's looking to become the second youngest to win it, only trailing one Ben Roethlisberger, 23 years old, 320 days, and a bad wide receiver taste in his mouth. And we're going to get at that when we get back. Antonio Brown is the topic next. Stay up to date with the latest innovations hitting the city of Houston by visiting innovationmap.com or follow them on any of your social media platforms. Just search Innovation Map. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open, or you can catch us on Twitter at Moneyline975, at Josh Jordan975, at Juggalo underscore Trey48, and at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. We're here getting you ready for what is a whole week of the calm before the storm, the Super Bowl. I, uh... I'm greedy. I just want it now. I, w- I just, I would be right now. Just think of it. Next week at this time, it's gonna be. Your, your, you know, the juices are gonna be going. Your mm-hmm. heart's gonna be going. You're gonna be thinking about that cold beer and that whatnot. But again, I guess we got a whole week to talk about it to break it down some more. We did that in the last segment. And if you miss anything, go ahead and check us out on Podcast Arena. If you want to check us out on Sports Map, I got the, I got the eyes of Sports Map sitting next to me here to my right. He's the guy with the plan behind everything. So make sure that you check us out because there's a lot of work, not only by Josh and I, but everyone at this station puts in um, their fair share of work over there and starting with our guy, Fred Fowler and the guy behind it. And Josh and him put so much work into that website. I just, uh, I'd like to thank you guys. Cause like I said, I've been a part of it from when it started and I see how much work goes into it. Josh is a, Josh works 24 seven. If the Astros are playing, he's got to stay up to, to list that score. He's got to, no matter what, he's yeah. got to be up the rocket, whatever it is. He's got to be in charge of it. So uh, check us out and make sure you uh, give us some love on all the hard work that we do. Yeah, we appreciate it. And check us out on Facebook at ESPN 97.5. That's where we just put the best of the best content from from SportsMap, from across the Internet. I mean, YouTube, anything Astros, Texans, Rockets, we have the best of that stuff. Funny videos, everything on Facebook at ESPN 97.5. But uh, you gave a little tease before the break here talking about Antonio Brown, right? So... What's he up to now? What What is it this week? He's like a soap opera. You can't go a week without Antonio Brown being in the news for something stupid. Well, first, I guess these guys know how to get clicks sure. nowadays. Because sure. the the headline says, lawyer claims Antonio Brown could face potential life imprisonment. <laughs> for throwing rocks. Well, first thing I do, I go... 
I go Google Antonio Brown. Like, what did he do? Uh-huh. What is going on? And just to go to find out that, yeah, he's out here acting a fool still, but not anything that would consider him going to jail for life. And so apparently they're overcharging him, which they are. Has he has he earned this himself and everything he did and throwing the bag of gummy penises to the cops last <laughs> week on camera? I mean, yeah. You think the cops are happy with you? You think the law enforcement's happy with you and they keep getting called out to your house? No. So apparently... A moving truck came to deliver some of his stuff at his house, and there was a an argument, I guess, about the pricing, at which point they said he threw rocks, maybe tried to throw the guy in a headlock, <laughs> and now he's in jail. You can't make this stuff up. It was him and his trainer. I'm, I'm wondering if that was like part of the training regimen, was you know, throwing rocks at your moving driver. Now... You seen his his agent called him, you know. Drew Rosenau said, "I can't do it. He's got mental problems. Yeah, he he's crazy. And if he's he's only seen what Antonio Brown's behind the doors. Mm-hmm. Once that door's closed, and Antonio Brown could just tell him whatever, like I'm a star. You know, you're gonna get me signed. Like he had to have seen that another side. What side we're seeing a step past that. So he's got to know what Antonio Brown is. And mm-hmm. and Drew. He represents a lot of crazy guys. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> this guy rep T.O. with Antonio Brown. He's like, no, that. That, that's too much. Remember T.O. was doing, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, doing crunches? Sit-ups, sit-ups yeah. In the front. He was like, I'm going to back my client 100%. And, and, and that goes. But as much as T.O. was the problem maker or whatever you want to call him at the time, the, the diva wide receiver, he still never went to this extent. Right. It goes to ask you the question. How much did the Steelers hide? <laughs> they put up with a lot because of how good a player he was. But no, no doubt. And they cut bait at the perfect time. I mean, what they get like a third and a fifth or something like that for him? And everybody's like, oh, that's all you got for Antonio Brown? Looks like that was actually a pretty good deal for them. For arguably the best receiver in the league right. when, he's, when he's going off. So now you look at things and you ask when Roethlisberger and him, uh, that phrase that we used earlier, winning cures all. When the Steelers were not necessarily having to win the Super Bowl, but they were having productive seasons, making their runs in the playoffs, losing to Brady all the time. But whatever the case is, they would make their runs successful seasons. Nobody was saying anything. All of a sudden, the Steelers had little rocky seasons, missed the playoffs one time. Then all of a sudden, you start hearing bickering, going back and forth from Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger. Yep. And then people wanted to, again, we got to quit being like that. Uh, what happened when them two start arguing? Everyone took Brown's side because they go and throw whatever past Ben Roethlisberger has, which I'm not saying that anything he did was right, and I'm not saying that by any means. But So we're going to throw in a whole different part of an equation into this, and after that, people were taking Antonio Bryan saying, yeah, Roethlisberger's the wrong one that's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Well, well, who's eating crow now? Because at the end of the day, the quarterback was seeing him act a fool out there. He was sitting on silent. I mean, the guy sat out of a what? What was it? Week 16 or 17 that one week? Yeah. yeah he, I mean, how do you do that? How can you win like that? A guy that... He threw a football at somebody. A football yeah. at somebody. A guy that was taping himself in a locker room whenever the, the Steelers are going to go pay the Patriots in the, in the playoffs, and he's doing it for his own clout, smiling, and you can hear Tomlin saying what they're going to do to the Patriots, which is bulletin board material, as if they needed any. Did, 
Didn't he also like punt a football at Mike Mayock and call him a cracker? <laughs> he, he did. did. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and look, and that's look, just funny. And we forget, yeah, <laughs> and we forget about all this, all this in his short period of time at the Oakland Ra- with the with the with the Raiders. Look at all the things that happened from burnt feet yeah. to, to helmet problems. I mean, let's think about this. Helmet problems? You, you, were, you, were, you were considering retirement because they wouldn't let you wear an old helmet? And then you started going across America like a madman telling somebody to pull out a 1994-something helmet? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? This is uh, how quickly the mighty have fallen Funny enough, like, it actually would have benefited him probably if he actually did retire. Because if he did retire, who knows? Maybe he's not throwing gummy bags of uh, phallic objects at moving trucks. Maybe that kind of calms him down if he does retire. And but why, why does he own those? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't get that either. Then he gave out the link on him. I went to this website. Uh, my, I need to quit doing this. I go down these posts and I, get, I go down these rabbit holes yep. and I just... And I'll look at somebody else post something. I'll click it before you know it. I've just wasted 20 minutes. Uh-huh. But uh, I clicked on one, and it, there's a site that specifically sells bags of penises in, <laughs> in gummy forms. And, like, they, they sell them whatever, buttons. Like, you could just send some. are for bachelorette parties. Right. So I'm like, why does he have them? <laughs> it's very peculiar. I, I don't, don't want get... those at bachelorette <laughs> parties. Like, not that I'm there, but I'm saying my wife comes home. She's like, well, crazy night. And she has a. A gummy stuck on her neck. I'm like, well, let's sit down and talk. What was going on last night? <laughs> no doubt about it. I think with Antonio, it goes back to that concussion that he got. Was it a Vontes Perfect? Yeah. Remember that one? <laughs> and that was back in, in 2016 in January. I got, and man. ever since then, he's been a little off. That game was literally one of the craziest games I've ever seen. If you guys don't remember, it was that Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game that went into uh, overtime and Bontes picks the ball and takes off running it, or picks up a fumble, takes off running into the tunnel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was at, how much time we got? A few minutes. I'll make this story short, but it's something funny here. So that's the same day that the Chiefs beat the hell out of the Texans because we went to a cook off, like a, like, a, like a little barbecue at my sister's house. That happened, so everyone's already liquored up in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. I'm the only Steelers fan, and everyone's like, man, forget football season's over. I'm thinking, man, the real game's about to start. Yep. Game starts. I'm a maniac with these games. Like, I'm the guy that doesn't sit down. I stand up. I'm chugging beers. I'm just, I'm sweating, you know, I'm yelling. I'm doing all this number, and all this is going on, and, and, and it gets towards the end of that game, and that whole thing goes down where there's this big, I mean, this guy, he looked like a, he looked like a like a like a bodybuilder, you know, this big dude. He was once there with somebody. Well, I'm saying something and and he said something about kicking an onside kick that didn't make sense. Where I'm just like, bro, do you even watch football? Like you haven't even he was like picking at me before we know it, me and this guy get in an argument and we start going at it. House clears. Last thing I see while I'm arguing with this guy, Barfick picks up that ball, and I'm like, dang, the season's over. I'm just, like, mad, so I'm going off on him even more. I'm taking out on him, like, man, Dad, we're going at it. My sister's like, everybody's got to go. I get in the car. We get to the apartment I was living at, and we're at the gate, and my phone goes off, and it's my friend Jesse. He's probably listening right now, and he was like, oh, my God. He was like, I know you're going crazy, and I'm just thinking, did somebody tell you about the fight I just got in, blah, 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 and he's like, bro, you're not watching the Steelers? I'm like, no. He said, they just kicked the field goal. You can ask my wife. We were at the front gate. I got out the car and ran to the apartment, kicked that door in, bro. Just I couldn't have no key. I kicked it off the hinges. <laughs> my wife wasn't there. Bow! 
Wow. Yeah, kick that thing <laughs> off the hinges. Turn on the TV, and they're showing the replay. And I'm just like, drunk, you know, just what happened? And that's my story. Man. He has a very vivid memory of that Montez <laughs> Perfect. You can remember it. Yeah, no kidding, right? That's funny, and that's why I hate him. Did you Did you have any action on that game? Yeah, of course. Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm I'm betting it to the house, and like I said, I thought it was done. I leave the house, and and before you know it, I pull up, and first thing I see is a replay of the kick, and I just couldn't put together what happened. And then you probably went to your my bookie account and said. Yeah. Pay me. Yeah, pay me. That's what you want to do. That's the best feeling is after you win a bet on my bookie is pulling your account up and looking at that extra money in your account. And that's the great thing about my bookie is nobody pays out faster, guys. You don't want to have to gamble on if you're going to get your money when you win. That's why you go to my bookie. They make the playoffs more interesting if you have a little action on it. They have the fastest payouts, great promotions. They'll send you emails all the time to give you free bets. So keep checking your emails. 24-7 customer service. And they have the best odds. And they have a lot of different props. They have in-game betting, so you can be hanging out at the sports bar and you can just pull out your phone, go check Twitter, see what Jerry Bow knows is tweeting out. If he's got to play for the second half, you go over to my bookie, you place your bet, boom, you are good to go. And if you join right now, they will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. So that means if you deposit two thousand, you'll get an extra thousand. I mean, that's incredible. You put in two hundred, they'll give you a hundred. So it's a really good deal, but you want to use the promo code radio to get that offer and cash in. That's promo code radio to get that extra cash for mybookie.ag bet win get paid my bookie g'day mate this is sam windsor of the houston sabercats you're listening to espn 97.5 is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. If you want to get it off your chest, the Mike Fire situation, if you want to go ahead and tell the people how you feel, the phone lines are open for you just for that, 713-780-3776. We talked about Pro Bowl a little bit of Texans, a little bit of Antonio Brown, and now let's get to a little bit of craziness going around the league because this, to me, would be insane to see Tom Brady in a different uniform. No doubt about it. There's, you know, with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, you know, Brees said he's going to take about a month to to make up his mind if he's going to come back, which I think is smart. You know, get away from the season a little bit. Don't let it be an emotional decision. But... You know, Breeze would only retire or go back to the Saints, but Brady's a little more interesting because I could see him maybe going to another team. And then you start looking at what teams that could be. And I think we've we've killed Brady a little too much as far as, you know, everybody was, you know, really hard on him this year, you know, saying that he's lost it and we're, you know, he's not a good player anymore. But he threw for over 4,000 yards, had 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, that's... With no vertical threat. Yeah, with, you know, with just, you know, Edelman, and Edelman was banged up. Nikhil Harry. Yeah, that, Nikhil Harry. That's Harry's. his vertical threat. It's crazy. Gordon Lee uh, not, not making... I mean, yeah, the, the Antonio Brown thing didn't work out. Josh Gordon didn't work out. They Remember, they traded for Mohamed Sanu. And, I mean, he's just a possession receiver. He's, he's a, just a guy. And they already have possession guys. Yeah. So, you think about 
That goes to tell you everything you need to know. The Patriots aren't a team that they're going to take some risk in Antonio Brown because they just, oh, yeah, he's there. They needed They him. needed him. They needed him for this year. They knew that. So they're like, man, let's take our chance here. Yeah. He even scored a touchdown. He did. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, that's never been denied. But that just shows Antonio, you know, he screwed that situation up too. And who knows? The Patriots could be back in the Super Bowl if, if Antonio Brown would have worked out in New England, but it didn't happen. So – my thought process here is it's look, I think Belichick does want to move on from Brady. I don't think Robert Kraft does, but we'll see which way they ultimately go. And if Brady really wants to leave too, but where would he be a good fit across the league? And there's a a few open spots that make some sense. So I don't know, I guess kind of, you know, tell me which ones you would like to see the most. He could end up with the chargers. I like the chargers. They have a, they have a, a, a good set of position skilled players with Allen and Williams. And then he's got the tight end and Henry. Yeah. We know he'll have at least Eckler back. And Eckler's a, a great pass catching running back. He's, you know, he's the better James, than James White. White. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. The offensive line's not great. So that's something to, but you know what? His offensive line wasn't very good this year either. And I think that's part of the reason his stats weren't so good. All right. Some of the other teams, what if he ended up with the Tennessee Titans? It's. I mean, he's got his pieces there, a run yeah. game to fall back and on. Vrabel. Yeah. Texans fans are thinking, no, stay <laughs> away from the AFC South. A.J. Brown looks like a future stud. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Hard to believe he fell so far because he was mocked as a first-rounder when he was coming out. Yes. But, it, him and D.K. Metcalf, that, that worked out pretty good. But here's where I think Tom Brady's going. Everybody, I already know, he's going to the – Dallas Cowboys. What? You don't think they're going to re-sign Dak? Nope. It's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to sign like a a, a three-year, a five-year deal, and he's going to lead the Cowboys to like ten and six every year, and they're never going to win a Super Bowl. And it's good, and the Cowboys are still going to suck. It doesn't. It's not going to matter. I would. I'd kind of like to see him with the Cowboys. I would too. I that mean, would be the ultimate heel turn. And I mean. Offensive line is good. It's not as good as it used to be, but it's better than the Patriots' O-line. He's got some receivers to throw to, assuming they bring back Amari Cooper. Do you think they'll bring him back, Trey? Yeah, I think so. I think um, they'll bring back Amari, but I don't know. I feel like Dak, this, there's too much smoke there. Why haven't they given him his extension already? That's a good – probably because he wants so much money would be that my too. guess. But got Michael Gallup there. I mean – and Zeke Elliott, I mean, that would be – I mean, the Cowboys' defense isn't – I don't know. what They're pretty average. Or, would they're, you say that, Trey? I say, yeah, they've been a big letdown. they got a lot of talent with Malik and, obviously, Tank, Demarcus Lawrence. But their corner position has just been awful. Like, both of their corners have been terrible. But that's not – I mean, Byron Jones was one of the best last yeah. year. You know what I mean? It's just – I don't know, man. I just... He's probably going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, it just... I just... Uh, I can't picture... I'm over here trying to close my eyes and picture Brady in a, in a Cowboys. I know. It'd be, it'd be the ultimate heel turn, like you said. I mean, people would go crazy. You're a handicapper. I would put them as the favorite in the division, even over the Eagles if Brady went there. Would you? Oh, yeah. I mean, even coming into this year, yeah. remember, I thought that the Cowboys would be able to take that division. I guess I'm not a Eagles believer as much as I should be, but... It just how about Ryan Tannehill? What happens to Ryan Tannehill this year? That one's tough because if you're Tennessee, you got to worry about the Derrick Henry contract. Yeah, that's that's who you got to resign first and foremost. You got to think so. And and let me just quickly go off on Derrick Henry here. He had a massive amount of carries and touches this year, 
And remember, there's kind of like that magic number. What is it, like 375 touches? If a running back has more than that the next year, they usually fall off and get injured. And, you know, if you include the playoffs, I mean, I think he was right around 400. So in fantasy next year, I could definitely see a lot of people jump on Derrick Henry in the first round and then really regret it. How many years can he run like that? At You know, people say, no, I mean, he's a football player. The, The legs age or the age of the legs of a running back are much shorter than at other positions per right. se so you have to be real careful in the way you use him but i guess they always do it towards the end of the year they start stacking up those more more carries and it makes sense with defenses being more i guess tired and worn out but i just i they're gonna wear him down at that and and then you think of ryan Tannehill, and he's 31 yeah i mean it's so tough because he played really well for you but you know I don't, I'd be tempted to get Tom Brady. He's more of a sure thing to me. Tannehill's had you know the the one good stretch, so they're going to have a tough decision. But what about another one? What about what about if Brady went to the Bucks? You know, I have would, Chris Godwin yeah. and Mike Evans to throw to with the offensive coordinator and Arians yes. that will get you to throw it downfield. Yeah, uh, no, that'd be perfect for him as well. The, I guess it's at this point. You could put Brady pretty much in any yeah. situation. Yeah. Just put paint Brady out a situation. the Packers are. <laughs> yeah, like right now. Let's think of the teams that don't make sense. Once you say, oh, just but it, but Tom we, Brady to the Baltimore Ravens. We have so much confidence in Brady that I'd, I'd like to see him in a different system at this age. What he's used to and what gave him all this success, going somewhere else, man, that's building it from scratch, learning a, a completely yeah. different situation. It's a, it's something to be thinking about. Now, one, Drew Brees came out this week and said that he needs a, a month or so to make his decision. What do you think he's leaning towards? Does Teddy Bridgewater's future play anywhere in this? I, here's what's kind of interesting with these guys is I think – you know, Brady and Breeze are kind of fighting back and forth for all the records, right? You know, because they both played for so long with all the, the passing records. So I'm curious if one of them might make their decision based on if the other guy is going to come back and play next year because, you know, they both of them want to be at the top of those lists. You can't blame them for that. But it's interesting, right? Because the Saints were pretty successful this year without Drew Breeze when he was injured. They, they still won football games. So... I think it's part of that system. And, you know, Michael Thomas was incredible this year. I mean, it didn't really matter who was throwing him the ball. So, I don't know. If I'm Breeze, I'd probably come back for one more. I mean, they've been so close. They're in the playoffs every year. I I think they've just been a little unlucky. And, boy, that Vikings game, though, like, Breeze wasn't very good in that game. That terrible interception he threw into double coverage where he underthrew the receiver and then the Vikings went right down the field and scored, like that really cost them. And you you can notice his arm is, is not what it used to be. Does the way a season ends play factor to a decisions in, in positively or negative? We're saying in a positive way, man, we were the better team. I let up. I got to come back. I, I mean, we had this. This was our year. We yeah. have our pieces. Or negative, like, man, we had a great team, and it's just not going to happen because this is something that's happened to the Saints yes. over and over. As much as we talk great on Breeze, when we look back years from now, it's going to be a Saints team overall. Breeze was awesome. He has the records you just spoke about, and he's going to keep getting more. But overall, a team that underachieved in big spots. Vikings seem to have their number, right? For whatever reason. Yeah. It's crazy, though, because, I mean, I had poured it on on the Saints. Remember, we were, yeah, all, we over. were all over the Saints. I got killed on that one. Yeah, and, and you think back, the pieces around them, and it— 
it'd be so hard to see Drew Brees leave that team that was so perfectly set up for him. Watch Once, him go back to the Chargers. <laughs> eleven games. Full circle. Eleven games this year. He threw up twenty nine hundred yards, twenty seven to four touchdown to pass uh touchdown passes to interception ratio. He was good. He yeah. was fantastic. It's amazing. And, and he's got Michael Thomas. And you just took the words out of my mouth. How do you walk off retiring knowing that you left that shiny Corvette in the garage yeah. and didn't get take it a spin around Daytona? And yeah, let's Daytona. put it on their, their defense too, right? I mean, they could not stop Dalvin Cook. They just got run on right down their throat the whole They've game. They've had so many defensive line injuries, though. Remember yeah. with Rankins and then uh, uh, Davenport? Yeah. They all, so they were hurting. They were. They even brought back uh, Tao. Yeah, it's been to the tail. linebackers. That goes to show you how much injuries they really have. And it's easy to point out the offensive stuff and whatnot, but football in the playoffs, we've seen it's a run game. And yeah. if you can't stop the opposite team from running, they're going to keep your best weapons off the field. And that might happen next week. Niners Chiefs, Moneyline, ESP 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. One more time is what the people say, so we're going to do it one more time for one last segment and one goal for Bayer Leverkusen. Halftime, 1-0 Leverkusen, cast that halftime bet. Now we're looking to hit that team total of two and hopefully hit that over of three for the game combined. But that's one down, two bets to go. Now we got a comment from our guy Patrick off of Twitter. A ton of people are sleeping on Detroit as a quarterback destination. Stafford has serious injuries. Any thoughts on him going back, or not back, but to the Lions? Uh, Man, I mean, you do have the Matt-Patricia connection, but... I don't think he's going to be the coach for much longer. He you shouldn't know? be a coach. Yeah. I think he needs to go back to coordinating and uh, and and then you know some of these guys these these coaching trees, man, they get you like how many jobs has Shanahan gotten people? Yeah. You, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, it's the it's I guess it's the circle of life of coaching because if you have a successful coaching staff then yes honestly people want to go and pull pieces off of it that they feel were intricate part of that offense or that coaching staff period so yeah it's gonna happen but it's just funny to you know like you got lafleur and you know the it just mm-hmm. pe- these i don't know if we're gonna keep going with the the young coaches you know we keep seeing more and more every year yeah the, the young coach theme and it makes sense right we're starting you know we're seeing guys borrowing stuff from college football and using it in the nfl and I also too, you know, with Brady and Giselle, I just don't see Detroit. Are they really somewhere. getting divorced? I, I saw that rumor. I don't know if there's what? any validity to it. It was in some kind of gossip magazine or or paper. Somebody here told me that. I think it was Jeff. I think Jeff told me that uh, they're getting divorced. Yeah, it was. It was in some kind of you know gossip you know magazine. So who knows? It's, you know, something like the National Enquirer, but not that. So I don't know if it's true. Trey just texts right now. Hey girl, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, uh, hey girl, want to go to Royal Rumble? Yeah, you want to you want to go to Chili's? <laughs> Get some chicken crispers. Bring up something. Uh, just from yesterday, LeBron passed up Kobe Bryant. Um, on the list of scores, right? And something that was crazy to me when I saw the all-time list of scores. 
I didn't realize Carl Malone was so high up there. Did you guys realize that? Whenever I saw him run across the screen, I was just like, Carl Malone? Man. Yeah. So then I looked, and they started writing about Carl writing about Malone and how he had these points. Check this out. Just think about what Carl Malone's career was. He played 19 seasons from the age of 18 to 37. He averaged at least 20 points per game in 17 of those. So only one season that he didn't, and that was his rookie season. He played in at least 80 of 82 games in 17 of 18 of those seasons. Only one that was locked, uh, shortened by the lockout. He averaged 37 minutes per game in the regular season throughout his career. And then he went to the playoffs from 1985 to 2004, playing 41 minutes in each one of those games. I don't see why the mailman doesn't get as much props as, as he should, right? Because he was a monster. Yeah, he was one of the best on the court. But you know how I feel about Carl Malone and what... What all he's done off the court that kind of everybody's kind of ignored him about, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And and it was funny to see him the other week uh, with uh, Odell Beckham do it, backing up the the mailman. Yeah. It's like, what was he doing? The mailman's over there thinking, like, what are we doing here, man? Like, get off me. You could tell that look on him, like, just get off me. Uh-huh. But just I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I was watching the game, and then they were talking about the, the Mount Rushmores of the Lakers, and then... There was Magic drops a, a, a tweet, and he's like, from one Laker great to another Laker great. And to yeah. me, that just didn't sit right because I'm not – are you going to remember LeBron as a Laker great? Even yeah. like – let's say they win the title this year, and he won one here. Do you remember him for that, or are you going to think that – No, he's just – he's played on too many different teams. I'm, I'm going to remember him as a Heat great. Yeah, I think I am too. That's actually a good question. Let me ask you all that. Are you going to remember him overall, or is he going to be – is LeBron going to be remembered of a guy that just was able to win it – for most for for different teams, or is he going to be a Cleveland guy? What are we going to remember him for? Man, I, Here's an interesting question. Yeah, probably I'm probably going to Miami, I guess. But I don't know. He's such a big figure that you can have a bigger narrative with LeBron Carl because he's Malone, one of the best also ever. Also, Laker great. <laughs> with that, that team they tried, and that's when I tell people these big three constructions. They were the first ones, them and the Rockets, when they tried to do it. You know, those the, those were the big threes before when they tried to bring in Peyton and make it happen over there, Gary Peyton, to be exact. But I just I don't know what to do as as far as ESPN, and I don't mind them showing LeBron's son, uh, uh, you know, his games and stuff. But did you see that fan that threw something at his son? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, so there's. There's basically he's about to inbound a ball and a fan throws something at his son and he kind of looks over and he just keeps going and LeBron talks about it after and you know he's mad as a parent he's just but he tells him he describes his son Bronny as a, he's like he's better than me and his mother as far as mentally like he's everything that we're not so he's never going to go to that but if you had a kid man and he's coming up wouldn't that be a weird situation when they start getting you know trolled on of course I mean we see it all the time but and sometimes, most of the time, the kid's not nearly as good as the parent. But, you know, sometimes they are. Like, King Griffey Jr. was badass. So, I mean, you know, it happens every now and then. But they grow up in that. Imagine growing up and being in NBA or, you know, MLB locker rooms every day. And that's just normal to you. So, it's probably hard to understand. But, yeah, he's going to get some some heat. I mean, that that's what it is. But... He's also going to have millions and millions of dollars to deal with that. <laughs> He's lined up perfect right yeah. now. And it's just crazy because if you look at him, you look at Wade, his son, Mello, his son. I mean, a, a banana boat reunion later on. <laughs> Could we have that? Because these guys got skills. And it also brings me to the point that you see like LeBron or, or, or Wade and you're thinking, yeah, that's an automatic. They should have been good. His dad. But why doesn't that happen more often that 
the the son of X player is automatically going to be good because he's around it. It just doesn't work out that way. It doesn't. It's just, I mean, the odds of being a, a professional athlete are so slim as they are. You know, just because you have some of that DNA doesn't doesn't mean it's going to always work out. Does Bronny and LeBron get to play with each other before LeBron leaves? That was what LeBron, I think, was shooting for. But that's going to be tough because LeBron's been in the league since 03. And that was a long time. That's like a lifetime ago for his son. I I don't know. I it's going to be. I, I I don't think he will. No, I don't think he's going to want to stick around. I and mean, one of the reasons he went he's to L.A. He's shooting space. Yeah, Jam. he wants to do movies and stuff. So I don't see him holding on just for that. They might play together in Space Jam too. Yeah, LeBron might. has a lot of miles on that body of his. Yeah. all those postseason, all, always going to the finals. Imagine how much extra minutes he's played throughout that career to someone else that played that same career. Right. No, that's definitely a thing. I mean, you know, Kobe too was always in the playoffs and had a lot of miles on him. So that's something to consider. And just hitting on that Carl Malone thing, like a lot of people thought he was on steroids. You know what I mean? Because he played until he was like 40 and he was huge. At a high level. Yeah, at a high level. And prior to 1999, the only drugs the NBA tested for was heroin. So what? yeah, so you know he, you know they weren't even testing for it. How so. many heroin addicts were in the NBA? <laughs> Over under on that one. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you would want to shoot up heroin and then go play some basketball. Those things That's don't the last. Yeah, be downer. Yeah. But, uh... Well, I, I never thought that smoking crack and going to play a Super Bowl was in the feasible either. But yeah, Lawrence Taylor defined the, those odds. But at least with crack, it's an upper. I mean, if you're doing heroin, uh, the, you're not even want to gonna get up off the you couch. showed up to the game with your with your arms still tied up yeah, and you're nodding off at the free throw line <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean it just i didn't know that rule though that's crazy like yeah. who, who made that rule i know the nba they changed it then and that's why i've always you know we're so quick to go after these baseball players in the 90s about the steroid stuff but this has been going on yeah, across Bradshaw sports did it terry Bradshaw yeah. admitted to doing it yeah all those Joe Steelers Montana. guys yeah is there any more hated team than the jazz of the 90s here in houston because they were i mean that stockton malone hornacek I yeah mean, that I, they were hated you remember his face i used to hate his face i just hate malone because he impregnated a 13 year old and wouldn't pay the 125 dollars a week for child support yeah, he should hang out with mike fires yeah, i think they'd be they'd all, be boys to tie it all back <laughs> full circle uh-huh yeah there's ugh. yeah i don't mind fire is gonna be the butt of jokes <laughs> for a long time he is i mean remember forever everybody was talking about you know when cutler's ass was on that instagram post or whatever now or it's mark gonna be sanchez. mike fires. didn't yes. it happen to mark sanchez too what's up with an ass pick like we and i'm not saying that deep picks are, are probably attractive for women anyways that but but if you send a, a chick a picture of your your butt like <laughs> what goes in or insert only yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i imagine it'd be hard to capture that picture is he the one that shot it you know the angle I mean? is pretty tough and 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 it looks like he shaves pretty evenly <laughs> again i don't i hate to end the show that way but fires you brought it on yourself he we did st- we started it with you and we end it with you and we end it with a good luck with all your bets today good luck with the byron leverkusen the rest of this game hopefully we cash it for everyone in houston i hope you enjoy royal rumble signing off for the squad i hope you enjoyed the last few hours next week get ready because we're going to have a prop bet extravaganza. We're going to have multiple bets on the game. A DFS lineup to try to get you that million dollars in the last DFS slate of the year. The squad says peace out. Josh Jordan, Trey Campbell, Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace. Twitter.
Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.